This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the besotted Pride of West London 1,000th and a bit podcast. And we're coming to you from the Castle Pub in Ealing. Uh, Listen, we've we've got a few more characters as well who are just giving a shout out besotted. Besotted 1,000 as we are. We've got the JB this facts and it's funk and also the gowler okay from two different spectrums two different continents as well just giving their thoughts on the besotted 1000 hello Jonathan Birchall here better known from JB's facts and funk I first appeared on pod 684 in September 2020 when I introduced my piece as highlighting some of the less publicised facts about the bees this week since then I've been on about 130 podcasts and shared in excess of 500 facts But as we know, it's been an unbelievable period in the club's history unfolding in those three years. Then in the Championship, we actually won in the playoffs and finally reached the Premier League. So many of the long-standing club records, often set by the Harry Curtis side of 80-90 years ago, seem to fall one by one to Thomas Frank and the team. There's even been new ones created, like Ivan Toney's penalty record, which may go on to stand for a very, very long time. Sometimes something happens in a game, and I wonder if there's a related fact that needs to be told. Something that no one else has ever established. I think my favourite was in the Leeds game in May 2022, when Sergi Canos became the first, and still the only, player in Brentford's history to come on as a sub, score, and then get sent off. A short fact, but one that took hours to research. And I enjoyed every second of it. Cheers to the besotted 1000. Hey everybody, this is Jacob Galler, otherwise known as The Galler. I've been writing tactical breakdown articles on the Besotted website since the start of last season. Uh, I've been listening for about three or four years now, but just really excited to be a part of this and hope everybody's enjoying the content. I think the first episode that I really appeared on uh, was during the summer series over in Atlanta, where we all met up at a brewery, got to chat a bit, had a great time meeting everybody. 
Uh, it's it's definitely hard to single out a favorite episode, but the one after the first Premier League match against Arsenal uh, has to be up there for me. What a way to start uh, in the Premier League. And then uh, just want to say congrats to the Busada crew on 1,000 episodes. Can't wait for 2,000. Hello, it's Will the Spreadsheet Winker here. A massive congratulations to Busada for reaching the magic 1,000 episodes mark. I started listening to the podcast years and years ago, probably when we were on only, on only on a few hundred episodes. So the fact that it's got to a thousand is a massive testament to all the hard work of people like Billy and, and Lainey behind the scenes and all of this sort of stuff. So fantastic work, top work to get there. Um, I've not been on the podcast for a couple of years now, just because I am incredibly busy as a teacher. Um, so that's what I'm spending all of my time doing rather than analysing uh, bees games. But uh few memories of the podcast well I recorded exclusively uh, during lockdown and during covid so I never actually recorded in person in the globe with anyone which is very disappointing but did meet up with everyone at an away game a couple of years ago which was fantastic and uh, a really really great time really enjoyed uh, having a few drinks with everyone so yeah it's uh, it's been it's been I've, it's been a while since I've been on but thoroughly enjoyed my time with the podcast and uh, Hope that it goes continues to grow from strength to strength. I'll see you later. There you go. Different type of statisticians. <laughs> but still wicked in their own way as well. JB, he still had to come up with some fantastic facts for our thousandth podcast there as well. Like, you know, and, and, and we, I mean, we're going to move on because we listen, we got JB over here. And sometimes he was going to be here today, actually, but instead he goes, I'm going to go virtual for you as well. But we've seen him down the pub here. And we got the gala. We saw him. We saw him in a brewery, actually, in Atlanta, as he explained that as well. You know, and just thinking about that, the amount of different places we talked about. We were talking about this earlier off microphone as well as to how many different bars have we actually recorded this podcast in? Right, I mean, and, we, and this is like, I think, I mean, we should try and get people to go in. You know, we've done a thousand podcasts, right? Um, ha- forgetting the the, 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 the post match podcasts, you know, but we're talking about the Thursday podcast where we actually choose the pub. How many different bars have we actually recorded it? And I mean, I'm just wondering, just going around there as well, people just thinking about when your favourite venue that you may have recorded it in or unusual places. I mean, Laney, can you think of anything? It's got to be well over 100, isn't it? It's, it's, it? We must be looking at 120, 130 different pubs, I would have thought. Um, Favourite, I mean, I, I, the Globe's always special to me because, you know, they, they look after us and it's a proper football pub and we've, we've you know, we've, we've had some great, great nights in there. You know, the, the going back there after winning at Wembley and, and being a premiership club and going back there after the Arsenal game, you know, they're, 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 they're bonkers good nights. Um, you know, there's just two out of dozens. Um, some, of, some of the weird and wonderful ones, you know, I, I did I always enjoy going to the hospital club. It always felt special and um, it, was, it was the very, very beginning of, of what we did. Um, and I, I, just, I just thought, I think we, the, the cross keys, weirdly, I mean, it, it means... In Hammersmith. In Hammersmith. It means kind of like nothing to, to me really as a, as a pub, but we had, we had a good, we had always had a good laugh in there. We had the election night. Um, in there, where we 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 were all different um, candidates, you know. I, I was I was you know you were a Tory and Liberal was a Liberal. And then we had Matt <laughs> Matt was a, Matt was a Green. Um, you you had a um, Fabregas kind of white wig on. Um, you know, it was it was we had, we had a we had a good laugh. We had, we had the most. I was UKIP, yeah, um, and. Um, 
Yeah, we just had a laugh, you know. I think we had a couple of random nights in there. And, uh, and, and so that, that, that election podcast, you get it again in Pride of Let's Not London. What we'll do is we'll put the links up so you can just check out all these as well. Because yeah. we're going to be, probably we might do podcasts around these podcasts a bit later on in, a, in our yeah, If You Know well, Your we, History we, we, series. We're not, we're not giving up, so this isn't the last one. So <laughs> we, we can, uh, you know, if you're wishing we are, I'm uh, unlucky, we ain't. Um, so uh, this, is, this ain't a farewell tour. So yeah, we've had some we've had some real kind of random ones. I, I think the ones in Southwark around uh, the Talksport um, uh, days. Uh, yeah, we, we we've had a lot of beer, Bill. Yeah, definitely. Sport. Yeah, love sport. Love sport. They're not talk sport. sport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and also listen, um, um, Dan the man. So uh, my favourite ones was when we used to go to the Fuller's Brewery in Chiswick, and when we used to do the podcast, the the Christmas special podcasts. Um, down in the basement and you could see all the history of Fuller's uh, and then we'd used to get uh, ex-Brentford players down and would talk and talk about their time at the club you know those kind of pre-Christmas uh, podcasts from Fuller's were, were awesome we used to love that love that you know once once twice a year just going down there having some nice beers meeting the characters and yeah just listening to stories from other Brentford legends and it was such a, a uh, a lovely venue that I don't think was, was really known about and you could go in and you see all the history of the bottles and the beers and it was just a, just a brilliant brilliant little venue yeah I'm just going to say as well um, just talking about podcasts I mean the way that we used to do it is that basically I live in North Laney and them lot live west so what we tried to do is that one time maybe I might come west for a podcast and then to sort of even things up they come into town for a podcast you know what I'm saying so we had north that didn't happen very often we did we did do a couple by um, the the, the Elephant Inn as well in Finchley you came down to that one and a few other ones as well that's what the Greville Walkman and the North London Bee so yeah but we used to do that so we used to have a plethora of podcasts in town that we used to do I think there's one that we did in a place called I think it was called The Bank or what's it called The Banker that's at the banker and and we thought it's gonna be very funny for us to do it in a pub called the banker which is in cousin lane i think it was and we got chelsea fan as uh, the away fan to come in there with them because obviously they've got loads of money like you know so we, i don't think he got the joke actually at the time like you know um <laughs> and also when we used to come west as well because we used to go to loads of different bars west but eventually it was almost like we settled for a couple we had the cross keys which settled for because we quite liked that as well and because it was actually relatively cheap as well the beers in there compared to other places but also the george the fourth and we used to do loads of because and that was actually I think for me probably one of my best podcast venues and the, the reason why we used to love it as well because we used to get put upstairs in the in the green room because they used to have a, a you know of course we used to pick a podcast on a, an open mic night as well yeah. so you have all this music in the back and all this kind of stuff <laughs> and we're trying to do our podcast next minute you've got some of the musicians and the singers all coming upstairs and sort of kind of undressing and all sorts of stuff like you know we're sort of trying to sort of kind of go oh, excuse me we're trying to record here so but um, I love we also, we also went to the Lasso pub before it was the Lasso yeah, pub that's right the one on, on Richmond Green the Princess, the Princess Head now which is uh, you know which is the pub that Ted Lasso um, we've got the, the pub we, go, we, we start our Ted Lasso tour we did it again a few weeks ago where we start off the pub there have a few drinks there and then we walk down to queue from Richmond and we laugh about the Ted Lasso um, uh, uh, series because it's full of people who support Richmond which is two minutes down the road but they actually never go to the game they're just always in the, in the pub but we, didn't, we didn't see them in the pub though when we went there did we what was the, um, the other pub in the, the like 
in Chiswick, kind of like by, by the flyover. Is that where the one where Clean Clean Mick came to? Know, Clean Mick came to the one um, near, near, near uh, on the green. He uh, on, on on the green in Hammersmith as well. We went there once, and uh, yeah, Clean Mick and, and and he came because we used to get other just anybody. We said anyone who wants to come on the podcast one, and I remember we were talking about you know just various things. And I remember Mick said to us, he goes, oh, I listen to the podcast in the bath. Uh, <laughs> and there was a sort of pause, wasn't there? There was a bit of a pause, and we go. You're really clean, aren't you, Mick? <laughs> and after that, his nickname, Clean Mick. Um, and I don't think he's ever come back on the podcast this, since. This, this, this will be his thousandth bath. <laughs> <laughs> and he's still very clean, you know what I'm saying? Um, other, other podcast venues. Yeah. Hands up all over the place here. I remember the, the Lamb and Flag in uh, Covent Garden, which is like a quirky old pub, which has got um, a sort of uh, an alleyway to the side of it, which is still gas lamp lit. And that, that was a bit weird, but... I remember it because we had to wait there until one o'clock in the morning because we were waiting for possibly Nitty Raj or some other lawyer, Brentford yeah. lawyer, to, to, let us, uh, to let us go with this interview we did with Phil Giles, was it? That's right. You'll know better. I, I can't remember well, I think, exactly. I think maybe there was there was some there was something there was something happening, and we would record a whole podcast around it. But then we couldn't actually put the podcast out because there was possibly something legal about it. So we had to wait for the the legal department to give us a, a bit of a go ahead, wouldn't it? No, I think I can. We had some information that was true, and we were being asked not to say it. Um, and all we really wanted was to accept that it was true and ask us not to say it rather than say it was a lie. And they were just trying to say it's not true, you can't do it, and we were going, it is true. And eventually they backed down and said, it is true, please don't say it. <laughs> and that was fine, that's all we needed all along, wasn't it? And about two in the morning we went home. That, 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 that was the name of the flag. What was it? Yeah. What was it? No, no, one can rem- no one can remember what it was. Because it was probably, probably wasn't. I think it was probably Warbsgate or something yeah. around that, I would yeah, imagine. So that's probably Warbsgate. And the Allot? Um, we did, we, in the early days of the podcast, we, we, we met in Liberal Nick's kitchen. Um, <laughs> But but in those days, Bill wasn't travelling to South London to do it. So he was he would appear on a laptop screen, <laughs> a bit like you know, like in Red Dwarf. You know, um, was it Holly in Red Dwarf? He would appear on the screen and sort of, and we'd all and there'd be four or five of us sitting around a laptop, sort of doing it. And we did, and, and I remember we did that in Liberal Nick's kitchen, um, which I have fond memories of. And. Obviously, the liberal as well. Yeah, I, I remember there's one time as well we, we did it in, in the black place, St. Barnabas, which was, uh, yeah. Icelandic beer. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, so right. Yeah. <laughs> £22 a bottle or something like that. <laughs> it was, it was the, most, it is the most expensive podcast that we've ever done, actually. St. Barnabas, it's a place uh, in central London somewhere, just off uh, Greek Street or Dean Street or something like that as well. Um, lovely place. I mean, I, yeah, I went there. I went there I went there fairly recently as well, um, uh, just, just for memories to see actually we recorded. <laughs> other places as well we recorded them as well I know we did quite a lot in Twickenham and we used to have a lot, that little den in Twickenham I used to do that sort of quite a lot when I didn't used to come yeah, down to South London Prince Pelusia yeah um, they got a little um, they got a little kind of like cubby hole um, that you can hire out in the Prince Pelusia which is brilliant if you're going to have a little little family gathering but it's absolutely perfect for a podcast <laughs> um, uh, and that, they always looked after us brilliantly in there always well, that's it. One of the questions, actually, I'd love to ask you is what happened? There was an episode that I remember back in probably 2018 and you guys went down the distillers, I think it is, in Hammersmith. 
and that you I think you were out in the beer garden and I, you asked the question earlier how many beers you'd had I reckon you said an average of four on that day then there must have been more than four but it was an absolutely cracking podcast it was during the Jaffa era so that was it was the brown and orange era and I just remember you guys that was you were there with Liberal Nick and I, I think there might be more than four beers that oh, night I think, Billy, I think Billy and I were both on antibiotics <laughs> that's, right, that's, that, that's right you know yeah so I'll tell you something I'll talk about random places because we're talking about uh, the funny thing is that we talked about the B team podcast that we did with Rob Rowan but that kind of sort of kind of inspired us to go and say we need to go and see the B team play abroad so we just where did we go um, Eastleigh or we, we went to like to, to, to Farnborough or no, somewhere no no so we decided to fly to Ireland to go to Dundalk on a Wednesday night to go and see the B team play Dundalk as well and it was again the podcast that we did was absolutely brilliant talking to the Dundalk fans before the game talking to them after the game and they were all incoherent weren't they and they let us on the pitch didn't they to speak to the players yeah, straight after the game had finished that's right that's before right. before we take them back to uh, a pub on the on the basically the Northern Ireland Republic of Ireland border and, and basically were told about the, the, the troubles and the, how the people in the pub used to earn a living by running running things across the border and we were just like oh my god <laughs> well, well, how, this could end up quite bad yeah. but it was great great really friendly really great podcast really good laugh like I said to you check it out PrideOfWest.London again we might even put that out in our, in our if you know your history series that I really really want to do over the next couple of months I said but that is a proper randomer I mean the pub the fact is Wednesday night and that we said what time do you close he goes well, what time are you going to go to bed and like, basically <laughs> and they basically stayed up until we kind of left and went home at four o'clock in the morning uh, any other places as well like, he- remember the Dehems who's talking about Dehems Dehems so that was that was when um, Marinus was was actually announced I think and we went to Dehems because it was Dutch it was it was the Dehems is the Dutch bar in the in the West End um, just off Shaftesbury Avenue I think it is and it's um, yeah there's an Orangi Boom pub and I think the Dutchman came to that but he won't remember no. but um, but yeah we, we were there and I think that was the actually the one of the most listened to ever podcasts we yeah. were like 40,000 or something <laughs> you know for it one it was it was like a lot of people we thought what the hell's going on here that's right that's right and, 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 and the, um, the, the, the Allard well I get also breweries um, these are mostly post-match broadcasts where we ended up you know doing stuff in breweries um, you know, the, the um, over in Tottenham in the, for the for the Tottenham game where we had a sing song in the um, in, in, Beaver Town well, the Beaver Town brewery because somebody's drinking Beaver Town there, isn't it? Yeah, and um, and then there was Four Pure in Millwall where we went up where we where we started going for after games and doing after match podcasts there. And that's right because that's the beer run because Millwall we didn't not normally like going to but all of a sudden we found there's a beer run of breweries if you came from um, uh, what's it London Bridge you can actually walk down to Millwall and there's about sort of kind of 20 or 25 breweries on the way which is where we met Katie wasn't it? that's right we met Katie B as well who is another one of our podcast members as well in, the, in one of the breweries down there and then she was chatting away and all of a sudden before you knew it she was a member i tell you what tell you who we've got at the moment now yeah don't say you've got her I've got Katie no. B. Oh, <laughs> Christ, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, absolutely, absolutely fantastic. Katie B. That's right. She's just going to give us her thoughts on the Besotted 1000. Hey, folks. It's Kate here, or Dr. Katie B. Um, the first time I was on the pod was a post-match episode after a Millwall away game. And my brother and I were celebrating a bees victory in the Four Pure Brewery on an industrial estate near the Den um, when Billy, Dave and the Allard walked in. 
we got talking with them um, and eventually Billy recorded me chatting some post-match nonsense. And then the next day I was like, oh my gosh, how many citrus IPAs did I drink? Um, and what have I said on the podcast? Um, so my sister-in-law had to listen to it to check that I hadn't um, totally shamed myself. Uh, but obviously I hadn't because Billy said I could come back and I sort of realised that nonsense was part of the point. Um, and I have, I have very fond memories of being in the distillers in Hammersmith uh, with Robin asking a group of bemused French people how you um, pronounce Neil Mopé's surname um, and also of spending a whole afternoon um, on the balcony at one over the eight uh, on a deadline day where nothing really happened except everyone ran out of phone battery. Um, but the other really magical thing that the pod did was introduce me to Gemma and to the LGBTs. Um, and as a gay fan, that group has been really important to me. Um, and so I really appreciate the work that Besotted have done to have those conversations about making sure that all fans can feel at home at football. Um, I think that's a really meaningful thing. Um, so here's to a thousand more episodes. So there you go, Katie B. Four pure, and it's interesting, four pure beer, because I'm actually drinking a pint of four pure in here, in the Castle pub, taking very good care of us as well. Very, very nice. Cast my mind back to that night when we were drinking in the four pure after the Millwall game as well. And then before we knew it, Katie was a regular fixture on the podcast as well. And great, great, great fixture as well. And it's interesting because she did quite a number of podcasts for us, um, both in the studio, the pub, as it is as well. And I think she came down to Love Sport a few times as well, which is, you know, which again, was, uh, we talk about the Love Sport. I mean, I know that XG Dave talked about the Love Sport. I mean, that's talking about different venues that we, uh, that we drink in, but also that we recorded in. And we mainly record in the pubs, but also the Talk Sports, uh, uh, Love, Love Sport studio was also another place which was actually, up to me, was quite special. Um, it was quite special because it was a different scenario. At that stage, I think we were doing four podcasts a week. It was madness as well. And on the Monday, we used to go into the studio of Love Sport and we had an hour, but it had to be perfectly programmed. So we actually had to produce the show and we had clips which you had to just speak for a particular period of time before you came out and did the next one. And we had all sorts of different characters coming in and out. We got Aaron, uh, Aaron Paul, who now does all the BBC EFL podcasts as well. He was our link man, our main link man for that as well. And I'll tell you something, just go back and have a listen to them because they were very very different quite professionally done and all good like you know I'm saying not saying that this isn't professional like you know say love sport the, the podcasts were fine but it was who followed us that was the was the best thing was to actually find out who was on next doing their show on love sport awesome. Lembit Opit was on he yes. was waiting in the studio to go on one time when we were doing it yeah okay it was a shame that Kelvin McKenzie owned the, owned the thing but it was it was a, it was a good experience and you know, we 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 had, we had to we had to try it. You know, and it was um, you know they went they went bust um, during lockdown. So you know, it was a, it, it was a, it was a, it was a it was a, a, a good ending to that experiment. Actually, it was you know. Do you do you, you enjoy the time? I, I did actually enjoy the time. You know, like I said to you, every week you had to be there. So it's like basically. You're doing your own radio show and you had to be there for a particular time. It went out live. We got feedback from people and it was, it was actually really good. And like I said to you, it's ironic that you say that you know, it went bust during lockdown because a lot of things happened in lockdown to change the face of what was happening in podcast land, in football land, in everything land as well. We're talking about Katie, who Katie used to come on loads of the podcasts. And then I remember the, 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 we did a podcast before a game that I was so looking forward to. I was so looking forward to going.
going to Craven Cottage, okay, for our game against Fulham, which I was convinced we were going to win. And I was convinced that that win is going to put us into the top two and we're going to get automatically promoted. <laughs> and we went to the Distillers Pub again and we actually didn't use Fulhamish, well, Sammy from Fulhamish this time because we thought he's going to be really upset with us. But we we're actually going <laughs> to... But we're going to use um, this character called Abdul, who I'd met as well, who's a proper random character, but nice guy. And we got him, and he'd never done a podcast before. And we sat down with him, and to be quite honest with you, I don't think he'd actually sort of sat down with opposition fans before as well, because I think he's a bit of a character, you know what I'm saying? He's the Abdul. Uh, but he sat down with us, and we did the podcast with him, and he said he enjoyed himself so much. It was all good, you know, even though the rival was there. And we sat down, KEB, you know, did the thing, you know, and everyone like that. And we did that podcast, and I remember... I went back that night as I did at like one o'clock in the morning, spent a couple of hours editing it, put it up at four o'clock in the morning. Yay, can't wait to get ready to Fulham. And then bang, what happened? The Allard. I think it was lunchtime on the Friday. It was a Friday evening game, wasn't it? And it was maybe early morning on the Friday when it was announced that all football had been stopped um, because of the, the because of COVID. And, um, and we never ended up going to Fulham. Um, some of us ended up, as I recall, in a bar in, um, in, in Richmond, um, which was a bar we were going to meet in to go to Fulham. And that was probably the last time we actually saw each other um, before lockdown came on. Probably the last time we saw each other for a couple of years, actually, as well. You know what I'm saying? I mean, not me, because I wasn't there. Yeah, not quite, because what we managed to do during lockdown was... Uh, we went to Ash Vegas, which was uh, Laney's back garden, basically. <laughs> and it even had floodlights and everything, so it made it feel like a proper football game. And uh, there was six of us, and to be honest, that probably saved my life. Those, those, those meetings when you could see, actually see your friends in an in outdoor space, two metres apart, it was, it was beautiful. It was, there was a lot to take on, wasn't there? Obviously, we were, you know, leaving Griffin Park. Um, we said, we'd said goodbye. We, I think a lot of people knew that something something was about to happen. You know, um, the last game that any of us went to to a competitive match was was that Sheffield Sheffield Wednesday win, um, and we we'd said that that's probably the last time. You know, it was a bit of a calamitous way of looking at it. It was a bit bit fatalistic, but I think we, we, we sensed something was coming. Um, and then, you know, when lockdown happened, and you know, I'm not going to go into the ins and outs of lockdown as such because it was such a tragic time, and a lot of people lost their lives, and it was an awful time for everyone. But we're here to talk about the thousandth edition of the podcast. The podcast came into its own during lockdown. Um, we got so much more feedback, and so many more listeners, and so so many more messages, and people reaching out and telling us how much they relied on it how much they enjoyed it how it how it broke the monotony how it gave them something to look forward to how it just distracted their minds away from the worries of their you know their loved ones their jobs finances people people's lives were you know who, who we, none of us knew what was going to happen you know we always you know people always you know, expected it not to be as as awful as it, it could have been but you know, it was it was something that it was a glue that bound us all together. I think for for a period of time, and I think you know, again, Trevor on the GPG, I, I, you know, he, he ran interviews which were great as well. Um, and uh, but you know, the podcasts that were coming from home, 
and then from, then from the globe when that time happened. I think they, I think that that era is is something very special, and I'm very very glad that the podcast was there for people to to share and to kind of to coalesce around something that meant something to them. It's interesting. I mean, it's interesting you talk about the Sheffield Wednesday game. I remember, my daughter was ill for that Sheffield Wednesday game. She got a season ticket. And she used to turn up to all the matches. She was ill that day, and then I came up. She gets to me. She couldn't. She just couldn't get out of bed, and she said to me, "I'm really sad. I'm going to miss Brentford's last game at Griffin Park." And I went, "Don't be so stupid." Of course you're not there's going to be loads of other games because I still you know glass half full thought it's not going to happen and so when that lockdown happened um, I was a bit gutted to be honest you thought what you what are you going to do but what we did is that at that stage and you can imagine you know we were a, a sort of community a band of characters who are podcast was basically revolved around going down the every every week for what for how many years for about five six, seven eight years we were five, no, about five or six years we'd be going down the pub every single week we're doing that and that was pulled away from us and we had to work out how we're going to 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 rejig this podcast thing and that's when we started to go online and okay we didn't like it as much but at that stage with podcasting or with anything you were just happy to just kind of have any kind of other options and that gave us another option to carry on so we used to do the 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 thursday podcast especially because when the games restarted you know we we did the alan cochran one didn't we which was about the 1989 cup run but then once the fix once the games started they came thick and fast and the we we were winning every bloody one of them and it, it was it was an incredible run of results which which helped us all get really, you know, excited about the next game. And you know, I know how that season ended wasn't brilliant, but it, it was it was that roller coaster of you know building up to to that Fulham game at Wembley. It was, and and again, we're just talking about how the the the, the, the landscape had changed. We were doing it on online on a Thursday. Then on a Saturday, you had sort of kind of Lane and his crew are doing their little thing. And loads of people are doing all their little things in little pockets all over. A lot of people, you know, this didn't feel comfortable necessarily coming out of their houses. So they just stayed at home. For me, I felt very comfortable. I mean, I just started my football coaching then. So I'd like play a, a game in the morning with my daughter between 9 and 12. And then I'd get my car again because I'd given up drinking at that stage as well. So I was on the 0%. So I'd get my car and I'd go down the Globe. And the Globe had these sort of kind of social socially distant stations and there was a load of people that I never knew beforehand you know you know people you know lo- just loads of different people that you never met before but because of that scenario you were thrown into a different situation where you met new people you became friends with new people like you know what I'm saying and uh, and, and and we had a we had we had a, a brilliant time and you sit down there and everyone would have their own little table like you sit when you're talking to somebody you're sort of shouting across the room to them because like you know you had to keep yourself socially distant but then we'd still be singing songs you know Brentford would be two minutes down the road, but we'll be sort of sitting two minutes down the road, singing the songs and just recreating Brentford. But what we didn't know, because we were able to do the post-match podcast like we did before, go around people in the pub and broadcast it back. But what I didn't realise is how much that actually affected people. I didn't realise that until I went to the Swansea game and people coming up to saying, we used to listen to your post-match podcast, it was just like we were at the game. And it just kept, kept us going. And for me, I, I had no idea. And we didn't have any idea because all we wanted to do is that we just thought, do normal, let's go down the pub, let's watch the game, let's have a last, let's have a sing-song. And that's just kind of what we did. And it was brilliant. And, and during that period, and maybe, it was, maybe this was a bit before um, the glow, because this was like when basically the only way you could meet people was to go to the park. And me, Laney and Dutch, we did a few walks, I remember, during, during lockdown. And then, and then we suddenly, we sort of chatted to each other and we thought, we could do a podcast from a park, 
Um, luckily, there's one opposite Dutch's house. I live around the corner from Dutch, so that became the mid- middle ground that, that, that Laney and Billy had to sort of had to deal with. And um, and the and the sort of the instructions went out for the podcast from the park. Bring your own chair. Or did, or maybe somebody bought two, or you bought, or Dutch bought two, or or whatever, and bring your own beers. And what we're going to do is we're going to meet in the middle of a park at twilight and do a podcast. <laughs> and it, was, it, sound, it's the dodgiest, dodgiest sounding thing you ever had. But you carry on the story. What happened? Uh, well, Billy, we had a new insect to join him, which is Willie the wasp, which is just <laughs> or the hornet, Harry the hornet. You haven't explained it, but people won't know. Well, basically, we were sort of next to a tree, and for some reason, a million hornets attached themselves to that tree. And when they got bored with the tree, they picked on the only other thing in the park, which was us. Not when you say us, but Billy. <laughs> but mostly Billy. And we got attacked by diving hornets, as as I recall, while as we, we were uh, as we were recording live, and it probably sounded quite odd and quite bizarre on the podcast but uh, but, but basically yeah Billy Beard attacked by hornets I, I actually now thinking back if I recall the blossom on that tree was orange and the microphone he's sticking in my face at the moment is orange and I'm now wondering if it was the microphone that was the attraction for the for the hornets or whatever those godforsaken things were or were we just about to play Watford? Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I mean, so like I said to you, that podcast era, and a lot of people just remember that. Um, I mean, tell you something. What we're going to do is that we're just going to we're going to give you a little taste of one of our little post-match podcasts from the Globe as well. You know, so where the characters came like, like Pat, Pat. You know, just brilliant. Her love for Brentford came out, and that was that was founded in the Globe in the post-match podcast Globe era. Before we before we start talking about football and stuff, I, like I do, had a, a, a flippant throwaway tweet um, earlier on in the week, and I and I and I jokingly said at the time that because of the virus, the coronavirus, if it you know if it escalates as it, it could, and and people are predicting that it might, that the final game at Griffin Park stands every chance of being played behind closed doors and. You know, of all the emotional kind of farewells that we all want to pay the old girl, none of us might be allowed in to, to, to say those goodbyes. So, you know, at the time I was just like, you know, it, it seemed like a bit of a, like a futuristic kind of post-apocalyptic kind of nightmare. But it stands every chance at, uh, at some stage that the, the UK government might copy what the Italian government and the, the Italian football authorities have done start playing games behind closed doors so it's a strange old world we're living in at the moment and god knows what's going to happen over the next few weeks but you know watch this space this is the besotted pride of west london podcast and we're coming to you from not from the virtual joint not from the pub not from the park but this time as you can hear the birds chirping in the background we're in the garden we've decided to sort of plot up a few days early as a bit of a dress rehearsal for saturday's match where there's going to be all sorts of garden parties taking place, all sorts of cookouts, all sorts of gatherings taking place all over West London as Brentford and Fulham play the game that should have been played on Friday the 13th of March. I'm Billy Grant and I'm sitting here in my backyard here with my chums. I've got Laney at least two distance away. Laney, how are you? I'm good. I'm far enough away from you to feel safe and I'm (laughs) near enough to 
do this in person. So yeah, we're we're, we're edging there, mate. That's right, edging. Good to have you around as well. And I've got Daz a first time this season as well. Darren the Bee as well, who lives not too far from me. Two North London bees as it is. Darren, how you doing? Indeed. Good evening, Bill. Uh, good to see you got your two metre length microphone pole out tonight for this uh, occasion. I'm very well. We're enjoying watching a bit of the, the football starting up again, Project Restart, and we're looking forward to Saturday, mate. Potty. Free vaccination with every listener to with every listener to the podcast. How about that? Yeah. Actually that's a good way of doing it, isn't it? If you have a if you have a if you if you need to soothe your nerves what before you get your vaccine, listen to the podcast while the nurse injects you. So this just getting a little bit of vibe, you know, like I said to you, fans doing what they had to do during lockdown, but it had a massive effect. And if you, if somebody, like years time, somebody's going to be doing some sort of social story on different parts of the pandemic maybe and kind of what happened and how people got through it and what the things, and for, for us, for me, you know, going down to, like I said, for me, down to the globe every every other week or every week actually, because you will see the games home and away down there as well, was something that I will actually never, because at the time you sort of, you didn't think about it, but now I was thinking, it was a great period because it was very, very different, which is all good. But then that season, like I said to you, there's one season where we didn't go up. You know, then we had the following season where we had another really, really great season and we started to come out of the pandemic. So we had the situation again where you were trying to normalise yourself, going down the pub, still still socially distanced, having your drinks and everything like that. A lot of people still didn't want to come out to the pub. Um, the, the society opened up a little bit. Brentford had a couple of games um, with very, very limited capacity as well, which saw, saw the fans so you, coming together. You, you didn't take suitcases full of booze down there, no? Oh, well, listen, we don't talk about that. You know what I'm saying? We should talk about that a little bit later on. You know what I'm saying? So, that, so we had a couple of games. I think we had Blackburn and Derby, which we played around about uh, before, just after Christmas time, which we thought, yeah, just before Christmas. We thought, yes, we're getting back onto normality land. And then they pulled back on us again. And we went back doing the things that we were doing. And it, almost, for us, it became normality. I mean, literally, it we became normality going down the pub, on these tables where you're shouting across to the next person there was only like meant to be sort of kind of like eight or nine tables per room but at the time you didn't even think about it it was so kind of weird but then we moved again into the scenario where they opened it up and then we had the playoff semis and the playoff finals and for me that Bournemouth game not only for me I think for other people as well that was seminal moment for us because we've been locked inside pretty much for a couple of years. Okay, yes, we've gone down the globe and we had a last, and we played the Swansea game and we all came out from the globe and went down to the ground and we had the visual around the ground after we we played. You know, we played Swansea that time. That was fantastic. You know, what I'm saying that was beforehand, but the, 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 but then that was the year before. But this year, all of a sudden, wow! Playoff semi-final, Bournemouth, and they've got fans inside the ground. We're going to actually be able to see our mates again. That was something else, wasn't it? it? It was something else, and it was something weird as well because because of the limited, um, um, you know, the limited amount of people that were allowed there, um, there, we had to leave some of our mates behind in the pub. There were some people that didn't didn't get tickets for the game, um, and then some of us that did have tickets for the game. So we walked via Griffin Park. Um, we popped into the off-licence off uh, along Wimble Road and bought some little miniature bottles of Jack Daniels to raise a glass to Griffin Park as we walked past. Then we walked th- you know, through Green Dragon Lane to, to New Griffin Park and, um, and, and saw a game that will, I will never, ever forget. No, I was going to say, I mean, the thing is for me as well, though, I think the podcast has been so powerful 
because that was it in many ways. There was so much we were losing out on and the podcast had a way of bringing along a little bit of that normality, that pre-pandemic normality back into that game day experience. And I remember going into Bournemouth just buoyed by everyone around us because even though not everyone was there with us in person, they'd been with us where the characters you saw and heard through the podcast they were still contributing and still seeing stuff and it made it feel like do you know what football is and there it is that's as good as it gets on this stage Nissan Townstar EV strikes again it's an unstoppable van unstoppable Look, just fantastic you can actually see the pro pilot technology in action effortless parallel parking it moves with all the confidence that comes with a five year warranty and with a bench full of all star van experts there's real strength in depth here that's all star quality search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all star van centre to see for yourself Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Still very much alive here uh, and it was so important for me and then obviously taking that all the way through into an amazing game. I think the whole lockdown thing was such a weird experience that the, the first leg of that semi-final I actually watched in a paint shop in Richmond, which is, you know, Pretty, pretty weird, I think. The Bournemouth, uh, the Bournemouth semi-final. Yeah, the, we, the Bournemouth we, we, we semi-final. We lost. Yeah, we lost 1-0. We in a paint shop in, in Richmond. And then uh, the, the actual, you know, that the home game, the second leg was just stunning. That 4,000 people in that ground made so much noise. It was just incredible. We'd, we'd never seen anything like that. With 12,000 people in Griffin Park, we've never heard that noise before. It was just so incredible. And, 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 and again, I'll talk about it, but that Bournemouth game was incredible because what also happened is that, and I keep talking about it, is that initially we were at the Globe when you've got your little tables here and there and everywhere, but all of a sudden they're allowing more people back. So all of a sudden all your mates were back loud inside the pub and you've got more of a caucus of people, there's more of a vibe. Okay, it's not the same as what it's going to be now, but for us that was that, that was just amazing. And then walking to the ground as you talked about, seeing the game, you know, watching the game, Winning that game as well, especially in effect, we were 2 0 down on aggregate, you know what I'm saying? And we were down and out. And bringing that game back to win 3 2, it's almost like this is meant to happen. Going back to the boozer afterwards, it was just like it was just like heaven, you know. Like I said to my daughter, she's like, I don't know, you know, three or four, was it three or three years ago? Four, you know, so she's only 10 and 11 at that time. And she said that that's one of the best games and one of the best times of her life that she's ever been to, right? You know, and you've got to try and match that. And that was fantastic. And to be able to capture the, mo- the moments that people who have been sitting inside their houses for two years love football and all of a sudden boom they're out seeing their team win get to the Wembley final mate that's just next level it showed you how long we've been in bloody lockdown as well because we we know we'd we'd been in lockdown for the the Fulham game the season before when we'd lost at Wembley so we were just going back to Wembley and I know I know the turnaround from the from the season that ended in failure at Wembley and the start of the following one was a matter of a couple of weeks three weeks so it it was it was a, a kind of like almost an instant um, redemption but we still were going to Wembley with a reduced capacity knowing 
Brentford's record in the playoffs was so calamitous. But again, we we felt privileged that we were able to go there and record it. Indeed, indeed. And uh, listen, so, I mean, what we're going to do is just let's, let's go back to that Bournemouth game. Just, just give you a little vibe from that Bournemouth game, just to, just to let you hear and feel what the fans felt, almost like just being let out, let out on a leash and seeing their team win and get to Wembley because that was on a next level. And I'm coming to you from the virtual joint. Oh, hold on a second. I've got that completely wrong, haven't I? I'm so used to saying it. I'm not in the virtual joint at all. I'm actually in the real boozer. On the day that the lockdown has finished, I have got a pint. Okay, it's not it's got alcohol in it, but it's still a pint of, 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 of beer in front of me. I've got my chums in front of me. They're not virtually. And I've got my computer here. I've got I've got a substantial meal. I've got microphone. I've got all sorts of stuff. There's people around me chatting and having a good time. My name's Billy Grant, and I feel very happy and at home now as I am out on the town, gallivanting, waiting for the game on Saturday as it goes. And my chums are in the house. Laney man, how are you doing? I'm oh, good. Good. I'm just. I'm, I am actually excited that I'm in a pub, um, out, well, outside a pub because you're not in my bubble. But I am drinking a pint of London Pride, um, and I have a substantial meal in front of me. And I, I am. I just, it's the simple pleasures. The, we're slowly starting, hopefully, to get back to being able to enjoy the things we love the most. And you know, who'd have thought that a year ago to have a beer with three people in a beer garden would be like one of life's greatest adventures I, I, you, you, you would have thought they were conspiracy theories but that is without doubt the best I know it's the first time we've really had an atmosphere here but as a home game I can't remember the last time we had a home atmosphere like that for 90 minutes 4,000 4, fans as well and, and they made so much noise it was brilliant absolutely brilliant and it quite clearly egged the players on because they've done the business out there as well listen I mean listen we, we went 1-0 down today which means we're 2-0 down and they're going what do you feel like that's like, honestly what do you feel oh shit <laughs> did you think we were out I'll be honest no I didn't think we were out because I thought we'd still come back and win because I did I, honestly I thought we were out I, I didn't think we'd score three I thought we'd, we'd win 2-1 go to extra time possibly penalties to be fair the sending off definitely turned it in our favour Agent Mepham Agent Mepham Wembley <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, down to ten men, and we played our game. They had to chase, and they were they were blowing out their asses at the end. It was brilliant, mate. Listen, See you at Wembley. Wembley, lots of arse blowing. Listen, no more arse blowing from the boom if they could go and have their holiday now. That was a, you can take this off there. You don't need your mask anymore. Listen, because we need to sing. We sung our hearts off today. What a result! Oh no, Bill, so exciting. I loved it. The tension. I mean, we don't do things easy, and I didn't feel that ref was always fair. But I can forget all that now. We've got over that. And we're going to Wembley. Wembley. I love it. I love it. Love it. Up the bees. There you go. Bournemouth game. And the Bournemouth game led on to Wembley, which was another... Because the thing, again, was weird about Wembley is that, again, yeah, we got 10,000 tickets, but there was a lot of people that didn't or couldn't go. So a lot of your mates, they couldn't go to the game as well. So it wasn't like, you know, <laughs> ladies being very, very unsympathetic over here. You know, so, you know, but there was a lot of people that couldn't go. But the, the people that you go, you, not that you, fence, but you just thought this is actually a magical moment, you know, going down to Wembley being there with certain fans, winning like we did, you know what I'm saying, winning like we did, and then coming out and celebrating like we did. Right? I mean, for me, that was like, it was almost like th- that was the pinnacle. 
that was absolute pinnacle. I mean, the Bournemouth game I still love. I actually love the Bournemouth game more than the Swansea game. I think that's fantastic. But Swansea has set us up to where we are. We went to Wembley. We beat them 2-0. Hands down, it was very, very easy. But coming out of that stadium afterwards, the funny thing is that coming out of that stadium afterwards and seeing people, and it was like, you know, like we see people, they looked like they were... Because we're so, we've lost every single time we've gone to Wembley and every single player final, like nine or ten, every time we lose. But people were coming out and they were like dazed because they didn't know what to do. Because normally they come out they're like going, ah, oh, fine, Brentford, I always like, you don't want to go up and there's like moaning. But because we'd won, people were like confused. Like, what, what do we do now? We've, it's, we've, like, we've, it's like a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> it was like people were just like the living dead walking around, like just, just in a trance. And, but even still, it wasn't normal because we, we had to go back to Box Park and regroup and getting a cab back to the globe was just like it was it was near impossible and because everyone had to be masked up and you know there was only x amount of cabs available and it was it was it was not still not anywhere near normal but we went back to the globe and um yeah and we did we, a, a night never ever to be forgotten and, and i'm going to say the man i just remember coming out of wembley and i think i saw uh, you billy and you 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 laney and just hugging like people like people i've not seen for like two two years just hugging people and just like having a having a word of a time like coming out of wembley yeah, there was that zombie-esque to it but it was just almost that euphoria release of the emotions everything that's happened in the two years we finally got that monkey off our back and we've won a game at Wembley and just coming out and hugging everyone we probably shouldn't have done in hindsight but anyway yeah and, 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 and this is the thing I think the thing that sort of really struck home for me as to kind of where we got started and where we're going to because we never thought when we recorded that um, podcast on that Middlesbrough train that we'd be going now and all of a sudden it's going to affect people but people were coming up to me that I'd never spoken to before or maybe seen and said hello to and they're coming up to us and they just went I want to thank you very much because we were listen- we've listened to you for the past couple of years on the podcast and it's just kept us sane and it's just been brilliant and it's reminded us of being at the matches because they listened to the post-match podcast and when we went down to the ground after the Swansea game and after the Fulham game but we, we weren't doing it because of that we were just doing it because well, we were having a laugh to be honest we were doing it to keep ourselves sane yeah. if we're brutally honest and um, and, and it, 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 I, I got that feedback as well at some point on a, on a train to West Ham in the Premier League um, but it was we kept ourselves sane and if it helped just one person to stay sane during lockdown amazing my wife said it kept her sane by me popping out doing a podcast every day <laughs> <laughs> but genuinely I think to me Actually, lockdown was a really defining period for me and how I viewed Bersosset because I'd loved it beforehand, but during lockdown, I realised how much of like a community it was. It was hearing characters' voices. It was seeing. It was, it was then being able to see some of those faces when we had limited attendance and being able to see them out and about. You suddenly realised how special what Bersosset was. It wasn't just like a Brentford kind of fanzine. It was suddenly like the Brentford community you know that I would knew and that's it and it was it was really quite special so you know it's kind of bittersweet in a way you know it really brought me closer to Besotted and then just coming back after the game like I said to you Laney we came back to the Globe and let's just say look I know there's certain rules in place and everything like that but I think maybe a few of the rules were broken <laughs> because it was absolute carnage in there and 
everybody was enjoying themselves and I remember I was out till four o'clock five o'clock in the morning there was this Ivan Tony song being sung people on the tables people on the chairs everyone is such a fantastically good mood you know what I'm saying and I actually had a TV interview on the BBC at six o'clock in the morning and to be fair to play to the globe they said to me Billy I think we need to put you in a cab and they put me in a cab on the way home I didn't get any sleep and I sort of did this six o'clock and it was uh, it was honestly it was, it was amazing I just remember Hey Jude just like being on like there was a period of about an hour and Hey Jude was just hard rotation at the globe and like everyone was just like arms round each other on their shoulders and just singing and like you know normally normally after two or three times you know it would just you know die it would just like finish but it just yeah it just kept going and going for about 45 minutes to an hour it was brilliant and you just, and just actually, I, haven't, I actually haven't listened back to that podcast I, I, think, I, probably, I think I probably should I think we're going to have to have a, just a little listen to and get a vibe of the post Swansea madness lockdown podcast lockdown's over and we are now in the Premier League we're Premier League so we've been celebrating far 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 too much inside the stadium and we thought to be quite honest with you sometimes we just got to lap up the experience when you get a good win when you beat the Swansea 2-0 and we beat the Swansea 2-0 and we are now Premier League Brentford and what an absolutely fantastic day we've had today. And, uh, well, it's a bit surreal, actually. How are you feeling? As you say, completely surreal to be uh, dining at the top table. The likes of Man City, Arsenal, Man United, Chelsea, all the rest of them. It's uh, little old Brentford up there. I, I never thought I'd see it. You know, I start, started going to Brentford about 1989. Um, oh, half day, half day, half day. You know, I was only born ten years earlier, but you know, give me, give me credit. And uh, you know, to get to where we are now, in the way we've done it, you know, looking back retrospectively, with a few beers in me, has to be said. Um, last year was just a dress rehearsal, wasn't it? A bit like the whole bloody, you know, trotter penalty crossbar was a dress rehearsal for what followed after that. Um, the time was right. We. We grab the moment and we're going to make the most of it because we are we are Premier League ready. Here we come. I, t- I was so proud of Brentford today. I've been with amazing people all day long. The sun came out. I love the bees. They're in my heart. They'll always be in my heart. I've cried and I've cried. I was crying at half time. <laughs> but, you know, you were crying tears of joy. Oh, they were tears of joy, but I just knew, Bill. I told you it's got to happen. But you know, when when uh, no, once it, it was a replica of last week when a player got sent off, it was just right. It's in the bag, and it's so lovely to say that the bees are in the Premiership. I love it, Bill. I love it. I'm so happy. I've had a magical day. Yeah, and you get, and you never gave up, did you? Oh, I'm so happy, so happy. I love it, and I've been with. Beautiful people, we've had a lovely day. And we haven't stopped singing. We're Premier League. We are Premier League. There you go. There you go. There you go, they're saying it. We are a bus stop in Hounslow. But what I loved about today was. I think like, it's so clear that we learned from last year. There was no talk in a week. It was very low-key. And that went throughout the whole club. Fan base, players, management, said nothing. 
And um, like we knew we should beat Swansea, but you take nothing for granted. And they said, we're going to go out there today, we're going to attack them early. And that never happens in a playoff final, in a championship. You never see a team go out and try to attack and, and end it early. That never happens. It's always a tight affair, tetchy, single goal in it. And, yeah, I couldn't believe that the, the, uh, the tactics were go out, hit them hard early and try and end it early. And, yeah, it was, it was amazing. It was really it was over at 2-0, really, because during the game it doesn't feel that way. But in hindsight, like, we were never really in it, were they? Like, we, the best team won by Country Mile. I think the game plan was perfect. And it's just it's wonderful seeing so many people together happy and we're having a moment. It was justice happened today, Bill. We, we got what we deserved, you know. The form going into the final, the manager's decisions, the players, the system, everything went our way. And it, there, was, there was justice that was served up today. Justice. Justice was done. So listen, this is the besotted pride are, of West London Premier League. Bill. We are Premier League. We might have to change the title. This is the besotted Premier League pride of West London podcast especially as uh, no one else we're gonna have a lot of fun next year we'll have a lot of fun next year you know we're, we're gonna, gonna win or lose we're gonna have a lot of fun we're gonna have, tell you something win or lose we'll be on the booze i have to work out a few things we are premier league we are premier league Okay, and first game of the season, Arsenal at home. And this game, talk about seminal moments. We talked about a number of seminal moments as we're talking in just the last sort of nine, ten years we've been doing this podcast, but this was a seminal moment for us. Loads of fans in the stadium. So before lockdown, we only had 4,000. Now we've got 17,000 fans in the stadium. Listen, we're out in the afternoon, you know, drinking and having a laugh because we're going to enjoy our day because we're playing Arsenal. And Arsenal are meant to be very good, aren't they? You know what I'm saying? So we thought, let's have a good, let's have a, let's have a laugh. Let's have a little good drink. Let's meet our mates. The first time that we've seen some of these people for two years, two and a half years, whatever it may be. And we go to the game and we'll do whatever. Bang, we come out. We've won that game and we are going absolutely potty. What a moment that was. But not only for us, but around the world. Because that game was the first game to be broadcast around the world. And there's a lot of people that are going, ooh, this lot here, Brentford. I quite like them. And before we know it, we've actually taken and bought in a load of new fans off the back of that. What I mean, that, that, that was just, that was, that, uh, there's no one around this table that could have predicted that. And, and the first, to be honest, the first minute I kind of realised that it was, this was going to be a bit different was when Billy said, I'm gonna, we're going to do a pre-match podcast at the Globe um, for the Arsenal game. Meet me in the Globe. Um, um, I'll meet six o'clock, the table's booked for. Get, so I got there at six o'clock. No sign of Billy. That's normal. Same thing happened tonight. But there was a TV crew... <laughs> waiting for us and I just thought this is a bit weird this is a bit different the TV crew I knew nothing about it was just Billy had obviously stitched us up with that one and, um, and, and there's a TV crew waiting for us and it was very clear from that moment on that this was going to be a little bit different that's right and then like I said to the Arsenal game we won the Arsenal game and that almost I mean listen just listen, listen, just listen to the vibes after the Arsenal game just a little bit of audio after the Arsenal game is the besotted pride of West London podcast. And as you can hear, the Brentford fans are cheering now. We're coming into the very last moments of the game at New Griffin Park. And it's Brentford's first game in the Premier League. 
and it's looking all good. You know what I'm saying? Listen, as we know, we're Beast fans, and you mustn't... Oh, the ball's going to cross the goal again for Arsenal. We're playing Arsenal here today, and Brentford 2, Arsenal in at the moment. But the game's still going on. A lot of nerves happening here for the Beast fans, because until it's over, you know, it's not over until it's over, as they say. But this has been an unbelievable game. It's been an unbelievable game because, listen, what we've done is that we've come here and went toe-to-toe with Arsenal. We're top of the league, as you can hear. Stand up if you're top of the league. I'm standing up because we are top of the league at the moment. We are top of the league and I'm proud that we are mighty, super, super bees. And listen, Arsenal came here today and to be quite honest, I don't know that they knew what they're going to be coming in for because what they saw today was a team that was fighting hard Hard for a victory today. We were fighting hard to get three points today. We were fighting hard to show all the people that said you ain't going to do it in this league. Listen, we ain't going to go out with a whimper. We're going to go out with a big fight and we're going to play some football today. And I'm very, very proud of what they've done here today. The game's still going on, as you can hear me. I'm wittering on because, listen, I'm very, very happy about what I've seen out here. And Brentford have not only matched Arsenal. Listen, and there you go. The final whistle. The final whistle, Brentford 2, Arsenal 0. You want me to repeat that to you? I said Brentford 2, Arsenal will. We have beaten the Arsenal today in our very first game in the Premier League. And it wasn't a fluke. We absolutely deserved this victory. We hit the post. We skimmed this. We could have scored more goals today. But at the end of the day, we did what we had to do and are very, very happy. So there we go, Arsenal match. And for me, that set us up. That was it, we're done. We didn't need to play any more games after that. <laughs> it was game, set, match. It's all done. And, and, and it's almost like the journey that we've been through. That was it. It was almost like the pit. It's like, remember Beardy Jeff? We went to um, England versus Germany. And we beat, uh, uh, beat them 5-1. Beat Germany 5-1 in Germany. And we never, ever beat Germany before. And after that, Beardy Jeff said... That's, no, it's, no, it's Dan. It's Dan. Dan just said, no, I said, no. So Dan Spring said, I'm not going to never go again because we never beat that. And, he, and, and we thought you are laughing because he used to go to all England games with us. I mean, he never went to another England game after that because he said, that's it. That's the pinnacle. And also the Arsenal game is just like, we think, where are we going to go from there? And I think that for us, like I said to you, for the journey as to where we've come from, all of a sudden after that podcast, we start just picking up people from all over the world. It was just, it was just madness. Um, you know, Americans... Scandinavians, Italians, everybody like that. Loads and loads of American podcast um, um, listeners who we've met a lot of them as well now. And it just goes to show you the the, the landscape, how this Premier League thing changed the whole landscape. And as much as I love the EFL, I love the championship, I love that, I love the fans, everything like that. It was just like, this is just a whole new, this is a whole new thing going on. I, I just I've, I've not stopped pinching myself since we since we got promoted to this division because you know it, it was it was not what I signed up for you know I became a Brentford fan because it was my local club and I you know we obviously aspired and you obviously hope for better things and you know the the best days in comparison to what we're seeing now uh, were nothing days really but they meant everything at the time and they still mean everything to me looking back but you know. To, to see that we're holding our own against the best in the, the country. And, you know, I know we're talking about necessarily current times, but even this season where things aren't going all our own way, 
we're, we're, we're still going toe-to-toe with the best teams in the division and losing by a single goal. And I, I know, you know, we, we'll, get, we'll get off topical because we're looking back at the, the thousand, editions, thousand editions of Besotted. But, you know, what we've achieved at this level, you know, I still remember... Going, walking, walking over the bridge to meet you, Bill, by the by the river before we beat Man United four 0 and I'm 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 in a you know I've had a brilliant Saturday morning. I'm li- listening to Jeremy Olander in my headphones, pumping out his new Paddy track, and I'm like over and over again listening to this track, like in euphoria, thinking. Little did I know that the day's going to get a million times better than that. You know, um, we've we've exceeded in our time in the Premier League every single bar that I, I could have I could have placed and as a barometer of how good we've become. And the journey's not ending. And um, you know, it is lovely to have travelled to America to have met these people are real. You know, and it's, it's, it was brilliant to spend time with them. But the podcast, I think, is a good historical uh, document of how how the club have achieved and gone on to bigger and better things. You know, I don't think anyone on that train in Middlesbrough would have thought we would have got to the heights that we've got to now. And actually, the podcast has done a really good job in documenting that because, you know, 10, 15 years' time when people go back and, and, and do whatever, they can listen to the podcast and, and, and feel the vibes and, and yeah, and, and, all, and all the shenanigans around it. And it's just, a brilliant, it's just a brilliant outlet for the journey that everyone's been on, both if, uh, the players and the staff of the club and the fans. You know, the fans are the club and actually that, the, the podcast has documented that. And, and ultimately, that's what... If there's any sort of... Uh, that shows the passion yeah and like I said you were talking about fans as well and I think the real barometer as we said to you is like all of a sudden fans from all over the world have obviously started to get a window on Brentford and we've got loads of fans listening to us from all over the place and we've made lots of friends from all over the world and again we never thought we'd do this but obviously we went on the US tour to America me and Lainey went to America with Brentford this year and uh, we said that we're going to do a podcast a day and we did a podcast a day and we never thought that we're going to do a podcast a day from another country and have something to speak about but we did because we had American fans to talk about we had local fans to talk about we had everything to talk about and it just kind of shows you how things have moved again we talk about from Middlesbrough where we're sitting down there and like we're sitting down there we've got 10 minutes to talk about our game when we got smashed 4-0 by Middlesbrough and then next minute we're, we're in Washington at some guy's house at a pool party with the CEO of Brentford the chairman of Brentford and all sorts of characters from Brentford and also loads of fans right at this pool party in Washington with loads of Brentford fans you know and and, and a brewery in, in Atlanta with loads of beast fans and loads of beer and yeah, players and you know honestly and you sort of think this is this is the next level it's a little bit alien to us to think that there are people over, you know, thousands of miles away who are not only kind of just slightly into Brentford, but, you know, completely infatuated by the club. And, like, you know, I've been out here again. Listen, we get lots of Brentford fans and we really appreciate you calling into the podcast, messaging us, coming down the globe, you know, buying us a beer down the globe, just out of the blue. Like, you know what I'm saying? People from all sorts, like, you know, from Arkansas and from Missouri and flipping California. Yeah, the people who uh, gravitate towards Brentford don't gravitate towards it because you know, we sell a lot of kit or there's a lot of people walking down the street or we got the big names. They gravitate towards it because it's a family and club environment. 
the supporters that they meet, you know, they, they, they're, the English supporters, when the Americans meet them, you know, they're, they're really encouraging about teaching the history and, and, and what the background is. And they learn quickly to hate QPR and, and the stories around 67 and Alan Wood. Yeah, or Fulham. Well, I was going to get to that. The yeah. Fulham part, part is, is a little easier to hate for Americans simply because most Fulham fans, their, their, their knowledge of their club is about an inch deep simply because they know Clint Dempsey or they know Anthony Robinson or they know Tim Ream and therefore that's their team because they're the American team. I saw the Bees in 1995 randomly with my friend uh, Mark Quinn and uh, we couldn't see him in the States until I follow and then I started watching the Bees and then took my wife there at Griffin Park in 2019 because I wanted to see the old girl out and uh, you know I'll always be a Bee. Always. It's bizarre but equally, everybody's got a reason as to why they love our, our wonderful football club. You know, we come over here and and come into someone's house. They've invited here on a, on a text message because they've seen us put out something on Facebook or what have you. Um, open without, you know, open arms. Then listening to how people come to support the bees. Some of them have obviously never been to the G-Tech, but they've watched from afar. Um, listen to their experiences of why they support the bees and, and what it means to them. And they get the community feel straight away, which is absolutely marvellous. And uh, yeah, it just makes you feel really, really proud of as to why we're, why we're here and why we, we love our super bees. It doesn't stop surprising me how friendly people are towards us and towards the club and people, you know, um, US Bees fans coming up to us and giving us, like, rare bottles of bourbon and, you know, um, thanking us for what we do and stuff. And, you know, it's, it's been brilliant. I think go, I, I think I see Go Bees as a bit tongue-in-cheek and that's why, like, we were quite happy to hang it up and, and show that all the big... Because it is, complete, it is completely tongue-in-cheek because it is so American and, we, and Brentford are so not American and, so, and of course we come out here we have a bit of a laugh but the, everything that we do I mean we've seen all these other teams and the teams that these other fans embrace and they're more you know they're closer to they can they can understand that more but we're not that so the go bees thing no we're not taking over <laughs> for me it was a bit of a mistake the, the people the people that seem to be involved with following us from over here they, they understand it. It's not about the glory. It's, it really, it's about the journey. It's just, you know, it's, it's about the quirkiness of us. And I, I know, I'm, I, I share that vibe. I don't, I don't want, I don't necessarily want it to change where we become, you know, we become Chelsea. There's also just reflecting on that, pool, again, pool party today. Different vibe. I mean, <laughs> ask, how many pool parties have you been to in England? How many Brentford pool parties have you been to in England? Yeah, not many. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know anyone that's got a swimming pool. Brentford Fountain Leisure Centre, maybe? Yeah, possibly. Yeah, I have been there. Um, no, it was it was really great. Like, incredible um, hospitality by John and his and his missus. Um, and yeah, we're well. We're hiding from the torrential rain. Actually, it's a, it's the truth of the matter. Um, it, it's been really roasting hot here in the in the afternoons, especially. You know, like 95 degrees, and then all of a sudden uh, the heavens open, and it's like biblical rains come down. Like we're we're sheltering from from it. In a, in a nice safe pub but yesterday afternoon you know early evening we were we were around um around the you know the, the brentford us fans house and um yeah and uh, the, it was rain bouncing off of his pool and uh it was yeah it was it, it was didn't stop people going in the pool did no, it? it didn't stop anyone going in the pool it stopped me going in the pool um but yeah the food was good the you know the company was great there was people from the club there um yeah it was it was, it was really good and in one way, I love it, 
the other hand, I still love the old Brentford, you know what I'm saying, which is kind of like the original kind of humble and small and we ain't getting too braggadocious and all this kind of stuff because people when they sort of latch onto you we love as Brentford fans you to be like listen we love these new people coming in but it's almost like you've got to support the club the way that we support them we ain't doing this big high level Arsenal Man City Man United Chelsea nonsense that's not the way that we run it's like you know we still like to keep it homely and small and kind of just sort of kind of truthful and, and, and close to what we're all about and if we can continue in the Premier League pulling in these new people but doing it in the way that we like it then our club will remain the same because we don't want it to change because all these things that we've talked about over the last 10 years and even before that that's what Brentford's about Are and you, we um, you still besotted with Brentford Bill I, I love them actually I do quite like them you know but you know, <laughs> just, they've just got to keep doing what they're doing well, also as well, I think I think it speaks volumes though that you guys are still here right now. I mean, here we are at what the Castle Inn in, in Ealing. You know, we're still very close to home. This is still very much all part of that experience, and that's what's so special about Basotto. It is you're global, but it's also here on your doorstep, and it's so part of that Brentford experience. I think what you're trying to say is that even though the club's got up to the Premier League, the podcast is as shambolic and as, <laughs> and, and, and as amateur and lower league as it ever was. Long may that continue. Yeah, yeah. And on that note, tell you something. Yeah. We're very proud to remain shambolic and lower league. And I was getting very scared that we're going to be getting too professional and that ain't going to happen. So listen, this is the besotted Pride of West London 1000th podcast. We've had a great time. We've talked about this. We, honestly, listen, the Castle Pub, they're taking really good care of us don't take really good care of us everyone takes good care of us I hope you've really enjoyed this don't forget we're going to do the new podcast coming out soon which is called um, um, If You Know Your History as well but other than that if you don't know your history just check out prideofwest.london because we've got loads more stuff coming on thank you very much everybody for listening but as we say 1000 times as we say come on you 1000 episodes come on Come on! I Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.